1: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I'm Anna Horford, and you're listening to the Celtics Life podcast.
0: Welcome into this week's Celtics Life Podcast. This episode, we're talking trades, the draft, and we've got a guest to help us break it all down from a different fan base's perspective. As always, thank you for listening. We'd really appreciate it if you subscribe and rate us five stars. It helps us be seen or leave reviews with any comments that you have. But let's jump right in to the offseason that has already kind of come out swinging with Kawhi Leonard and all of the stuff that's going on there. Justin, how's it going?
1: I just want a couple of days off where I can think about next season without having new input like this to deal with. I remember once upon a time there was this thing called the off season, where nothing happened for.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's since I when did that change? Like 2013, when it suddenly started getting just like every summer, it became like its own event.
1: I think summer league is a big part of it. It's popularity, it's growth, but uh yeah, no, it seems like it's getting crazier every summer.
0: Yeah, and especially when we hear Wick Grausbeck say or well the Celtics front office say that this is probably going to be a pretty quiet summer for the Celtics. Huh. And we're already linked to like a top yeah, it's like we're <laughs> less, less than 2 weeks removed from the end of the season or from the end of like the NBA basketball. And we're already still Getting this information, kind of freaking out that we're chasing a trade, that Kyrie might be on the move, stuff like that. All this like crazy, crazy stuff is just going on. But yeah, let's let's go straight to Kawhi. Okay, you and I have fought about this.
1: We <laughs> you have might not get along with this. I'm I'm pretty conservative when it comes to uh you know major moves in in terms of top twenty talent and. I'm pretty adventurous when it comes to the bottom of the letter, guys, but when when we're talking, you know, potentially dealing somebody like, I don't know, Kyrie or Gordon or, you know, even some of the younger guys in a larger package, I'm really, really conservative just because of, well, there's a lot of things to consider, and we can get into that in a second, but why are you so high on getting Kawhi on board? Because Kawhi is one of the, he is arguably a top five player in the NBA. I agree. How do you pass on
0: that opportunity and then, and then what we do agree on is just the, the insane defensive possibilities that that lineup would create. Oh, yeah. Of like Kawhi, Horford, Jalen, Jason, Hayward. Like it'd just be an insane defensive lineup. Absolutely wild. Unstoppable. Or, well, it'd be, <laughs> the, immovable yes. <laughs> it'd be the, the immovable object in that phrase. And there's very, I don't think that the Warriors are that unstoppable force. I think we would just be the immovable object in that equation against everybody. It would just be it would be unfair.
1: On defense, I don't deny he's, it. He's a good scorer. What, what, what are your issues with Kawhi? Okay, so for me, there are a bunch, but just from the strategic thing that we're talking about at this moment, if we trade away, for example, Kyrie, then we have only one starting level ball handler, and he's just getting to that starting level ball handler now, in my opinion. You know, he's had some really... Great moments, but you have to think. I'm talking about Terry Rose here. You have to think about the fact that sometimes he is not quite a sutter level point guard, and that's just, you know, he's very hot and cold. He'll probably grow out of that maybe even next season. So it could, you know, if we retain him, he's not, if he's not part of that deal, and it's a Kyrie that we, we end up trading into parts. parts. Uh, in that situation, we might be okay, but I'm still kind of nervous about the fact that. Where do you put them in the lineup, and do you start your five best players? How do you deal with the egos if you don't? I mean, right now, everybody is working together. The chemistry is great. Everyone is happy. We still have to integrate players who weren't playing most of the season back into the lineup, and you know, even just the, the reintegrating Kyrie Terry being up for free agency soon, There's there's a lot of you know, touchy potential flashpoints that could break up what has been really an all-gutty, unified chemistry kind of a team. So, apart from, you know, the the unknown injury things, apart from the murk surrounding what is actually going on with his character, uh, apart from the same cap situation that we're facing with Kyrie Irving being... Even less likely to be re signed because we have a vocalization that this player prefers to be in Los Angeles if anywhere. Apart from the fact that we don't even know if he's definitely not signing the designated veteran player exception, I think you guys, if you're still awake, can see I've got a lot of ifs out there that by themselves aren't necessarily insuperable, but taken together, it's really hard for me to see how this is going to work.
0: Because you got to take risks as a GM, and that's what my answer for most of your your kind of qualms that you've had. And I think that Danny Ainge, I think that this is a move where you're upgrading a top fifteen, top ten player for a top five, top three player. Maybe, and maybe we've established that Terry can be a starting point guard. He's no Kyrie, but you still make the upgrade. You know, you still find the the role for, you know, changing Kyrie into Kawhi and turn, you know, into this unstoppable defensive lineup. And and that would be, I think, the the value of of chasing this. I think that it's a risk that you have to take because either way, there's a chance that Kyrie or Kawhi walks next summer. And there's concern about that because of what Kyrie has said over the past couple weeks. I don't know how valid those concerns are. Personally, I'm not too worried about it. But there's a chance that either could walk. There's a chance that if we trade Kyrie for Kawhi, Kawhi could walk. There's a chance that we don't trade Kyrie and he walks and we still have nothing. I think that you make the upgrade because on paper, and yes, this is just on paper, you're making an improvement and you still don't lose anything. You know, I, I think it would be straight up. I don't even think that there'd be a draft pick involved in what like Woj is reporting and things like that. And... I think it's worth doing because again, just that lineup would just be
1: stupid. It would be so good. And I, you know, I assuming that he's healthy and assuming that there's any chance at all that he resigns here, because we've heard some pretty strong words at this point coming out of the people around Kyrie that he's happy here, that he plans on resigning, Uh, you know, and again, things can change, but you know, Pushing certain buttons too many times, as we saw with Ray Allen, can really alienate a player. And I'm not saying that these conversations shouldn't ha- happen, but until we have some clarity about the injury, until we have some clarity about whether he's going to be sign- like re-signing with, with San Antonio for the DVPE, until we have a little more clarity about what kind of a player we're dealing with here. I don't think it's going to happen. It might happen in the summer, but I don't think it's going to happen, you know, over the draft, before the draft on Thursday. I don't think it's, it's going to happen e- either. Realistically, I think if this does happen, this is going to be a mid season trade where both players have played at least a little bit so we can have a look at how they're, they're doing in terms of health. And, it's entirely possible that before Danny Ainge would be ready to pull the trigger on such a momentous deal, because you know you have to keep in mind he is older, and while he is better when healthy, you also have to take into account the, the long-term championship window and what that would likely do to you know pull a couple of years off of one of the prime talents. It's kind of the same reason why I'm not into dealing Jalen Brown in a package for for Kawhi. Unless there is, at the very least, an extension in tow. Because I would really rather have a player that is almost as good. I'm projecting, you know, and maybe incorrectly, that we'll probably see something like 70 to 80% fairly comfortably from Jalen Brown compared to Kawhi Leonard. Their games are different. I'll admit that. That's not my point. But what I'm I'm trying to get at is when you look at Kyrie Irving, who's much younger, when you look at Jalen Brown, who's even younger... Then you have all these extra potential years where you could re-sign them on a long-term deal and have them under team control with their primes in front of them rather than in, in the thick of them. And to me, that is really, really valuable to building a new Boston Celtics dynasty and not just getting banner eighteen and maybe even nineteen, but twenty, twenty-one. Who knows what what else? I don't
0: include Kyrie in the like twenty twenty-one. I that that's like for me in an image that's like the Tatum Brown years more than the Kyrie.
1: Yeah, no, he'll be fading. He'll definitely be fading by then, but he'll still be probably a top 20 to 50 player in that period. So I'm, I'm still really into keeping him At around. At that point. I, yeah. But like, you know, like, you know
0: what? Harry Rogier by that point will be better than Kyrie. Why, why is that not a conversation then? Cause I mean, it's like, if Terry like again Bunch of ifs, man. but no but here's what if if you're saying that like we have to look towards the future then like yeah let's trade Kyrie get Kawhi and then be better now better chance at 18 19 and then we have Terry who's better than Kyrie for 2021 it's like I mean if you can it, lock him up it's like you can look at these I conversations might be more into it. you can look at these like yeah you can find an argument for anything but it's like I, I just I think that the immediate concern is getting back another championship for Boston and I think that the best team to do that would be with Kawhi Leonard over Kyrie Irving, for just just we this think. year, yeah, just yeah. this year, this upcoming season. Assuming, and that's that's assuming both are healthy, and th- that's assuming both are healthy. But like we don't know either. We we have been told Kyrie's gonna be better. We've been told that he's gonna be healthy. He's gonna be good to go by like scrimmages in August. So you know, there's a chance there. But also, we have no idea what's going on with Kawhi. I can't assume that he's still hurt. After an entire year off You know I mean sure he was misdiagnosed But I, I feel like he's got to be in good shape But maybe uh, you know this is things That Danny would find out if those are If it's if it's possible that he's not healthy And that he's not capable of playing Then we just Danny won't trade for him he, like he's not someone Who's st- stupid but I'm saying if like if everything Works out if everything makes sense right now If they're both going to be healthy They're both going to play you know, Close to 82 games next season Barring any injuries happening on the court I think it's a better move long-term. And then you can extend Terry. You can you know, focus on, on the future then because Kyrie is still a question mark. I mean, he's got an injury history, and I'm skeptical about dudes who have that. Kawhi doesn't have nearly as much of a, a resume of injuries that Kyrie does. That's not true yes, at all. he's younger. It is true. No, I, I remember- he,
1: misses, he misses at least 10 games every year between injuries, and while well, he's not fragile in the same way that... Great Griffin is. Uh, he definitely has a well-documented history of missing a significant portion of almost every season he's been in.
0: Minor injuries, though. I mean, we're, we're talking Fair. about like, things that, like, not a sure. like, knee. Like, any basketball player with a knee injury is always on, like, a list for me of guys that you probably shouldn't trust long-term. I do not trust basketball players with knee injuries. And Kyrie's got surgery done now. Again. <laughs> two in the past year two in the past couple months it's like i mean we're talking about long lo- the longevity of this team Kyrie irving doesn't necessarily have the health that that's, this team needs long term and i i am severely skeptical of that whereas Kawhi, i feel like yes he might miss 10 games a season but you got a good lineup behind him that you can win those 10 games it's when he comes in and it matters that that really counts and he's done so for the spurs in the playoffs when they went to two straight finals winning one of them
1: yeah, and I'm not necessarily as worried about the injury history if he emerges from this. I am very confused. I mean, we don't need to keep going into it because I think we're just going to go in circles like everyone else is. I think at this point we're just going to have to basically trust Danny and his, his staff to make the right decision here. So far, I have to admit, all the way back to Kevin Garnett, I've been on the wrong side of them. You know, I'm not going to say, like, every decision he's made, but when it, when it comes to, like, really big moves like this, things that have given me anxiety that he has ended up pulling the trigger on, you know, I'm not going to say that, that there are things that he was rumored to have done, like, say, DeMarcus Cousins and other people where he supposedly got close to. You know, those are things I also didn't approve of. So I could take credit for those and, and say that I am I, a super knowledgeable basketball person, but... In, in a lot of these, in a lot of these situations, things that that really I w- wasn't a risk averse to, he ended up pulling the trigger on and it, it working out. So, when it comes specifically to risk averse type generation uh, situations like this, I'll, I'll I'll admit I trust Danny. I, I will I will give him that carte blanche with what he's done with Fultz and Jason Tatum all the way back. To to Garnett. So, what I would like to think about is at this point we're not the only people who are talking about signing Leonard. Who do you think else out there might be a legitimate threat to scoop him if we are even in the running in the first place? Legitimately. Uh... Legitimately. I don't. I don't really care about the you know the the Phoenixes who think. That they could maybe, you know, flip the, the, the number one pick or Sacramento or, you know, any of that nonsense. but Yeah.
0: Well, as of last night, LeBron is trying to maybe get some talent in Cleveland, supposedly, was a report that I saw that he's trying to get people into Cleveland. Cleveland
1: would be a team that would try and trade for him. That Brooklyn pick might be kind of attractive. I don't know what, about much else on that roster that they would actually want to move, but they could probably put some good stuff in there for for uh, San Antonio
0: similarly and this is separate but toronto also said that there no one is untouchable for a top 10 pick so you know maybe toronto finds a way to send somebody to cleveland to do something like that but you know i could see cleveland making some moves and just blowing it up in an attempt to keep lebron again which just makes them look even worse when they end up losing him (laughs) but you know it's it's just like I could see Cleveland being a serious possibility. I'm not so sure about Philly. I don't know. If, maybe maybe Philly has some trade bait that they could use. They might include, like, Markel Fultz in a deal with, like, a handful of other players. Um, And, yeah, there's some appealing pieces there. I, I wouldn't be too surprised to see Philly get in the sweepstakes. And then the teams that he claims to be interested in. Or I'm not sure if I should say he as much as his camp his claims that he's interested yeah. in. Yes. And... You know, so that that's like the two Los Angeles teams, but I don't I don't know if they have the pieces that San Antonio would be willing to part with him. I mean, they still have a year with him, and the DPE, which is I, I think more appealing than his group says that it that it isn't. So, you know, I I don't take the Lakers or the Clippers too seriously. I guess the Lakers could send him some stuff, but their future draft picks are locked up too. You know, it's like they don't have a lot of their future picks as well and the young talent's there but not at a Kawhi level
1: yeah they're gonna have to package something with Deng to somebody either a third party like atlanta i've heard them link to uh just just to make the salaries work and then still have you know space to to bring in somebody like lebron maybe another top top tier uh free agent or near top it's it, it would require a fair amount of maneuvering, and you know if anything could pull that off, it's the Lakers. But I'm skeptical as well.
0: Yeah, I, I think honestly, and then you have the reports that the Spurs sure as hell wouldn't trade him to a Western team, and it just makes for me Cleveland the most realistic next to Boston. I think just with with at least the efforts of maybe LeBron trying to get talent there. And then, you know, the willingness of, of the team to try and do anything to keep him. I think maybe they'll, they'll find some way to trade for him.
1: Yeah, and if you could get Kawhi in, in Cleveland, it might actually be worth, you know, paying that absolutely nutso uh, luxury tax bill, repeater tax bill that will hit them. It would be substantial, even if they gutted the team, just because a lot of the, the contracts that have to include in a deal like that would, would be shorter term ones. So it would... It would uh, definitely not allow them to shrink their tax bill in the coming season the way that I expected them to. And I still kind of expect them to. But, you know, I personally would roll the dice. They wouldn't lose that much money, I think, with all the media attention that would get to get those two teamed up over there. With love in no, the it, picture. it'd be the
0: same with the Isaiah. Yeah. It'd be the same with the Isaiah deal where it's like all one-year deals. Like they just extend LeBron for a year. I mean, I know they don't want to do that again. But... You know, he. I, I think he wants to have the flexibility. I, I don't think he wants to sign a four-year deal yet, five-year deal yet. And I mean, I think he does if he goes to a really good situation. But Cleveland is not that. I think he wants to stay in Cleveland. You know, as like a city. I think he wants to stay with his team. Wants to stay near his home. Things like that. But you know, he doesn't want to lock himself into a really shitty situation over the next. Well, basically, three, end of his career, years, yeah. five years. Yeah, so I think maybe maybe he signs another one-year deal, and if it completely falls apart, you know, they traded for Kawhi, they've got a good roster, better roster, I should say, um, that uh, maybe he sticks around and and then signs again or something, or they all bail, and it's all one-year deals, and then they can just strike it down and ditch the repeater tax after that.
1: I feel like that's the most likely scenario if it does happen, and... Frankly, if they can't hang on to Kevin Love in it, I don't think they should should bother because they've got him for a while and it'll at least keep their team interesting if LeBron does leave but I don't, I don't even think they're a contending team even if they do bring on Kawhi without Kevin Love as well. I think they definitely need those three guys minimal, minimally. I, I think actually you know, if you have a Kawhi Leonard defending on your team, that does help erase a lot of the negative aspects of Kevin Love on defense in terms of exploitability.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because they got a lot of—the the ability to switch is is huge with LeBron and Kawhi on the floor, along with kind of their defensive liabilities. You know, you put Tristan Thompson. That's that's a big lineup, though. It is. is. But a skilled big lineup, that.
1: though. Very, very skilled big lineup. Those are all very mobile big men, if you want to count LeBron as a big man. Well, we actually caught up with a Spurs
0: fan, Zach Rodriguez, who just put out a new trade checker just in time for the, the madness of the offseason. And we'll take a listen to that. Justin, you talked to him last night.
1: Yeah, it was actually a really informative conversation. He, as he'll tell you about, he's got, you know, I won't say ties to the Spurs, but it's it's kind of instrumental in him. Like that organization had a lot to do with how he decided to put together this trade checker, which... For those of you who aren't necessarily aware of what a trade checker is, we're gonna talk about it shortly. Uh, I'm gonna kick it over to Zach and myself. We spoke with him last night, so uh, in case you're confused about why I'm kicking it over to myself. Um, so yeah, let's get let's get in with that and we'll get back to you shortly. I'm here with Zach Rodriguez, the mind behind a popular new trade checker you should already be using. You can find it at www. TradeNBA.com. That's T-R-A-D-E-N-B-A.com. Nice and easy to remember. And with the summer free agency period nearly on us and the league about as cat-constricted as it's been for at least a half decade, if not longer, that means a lot of trades. So tools to help us divine the rosters of the future have never been more useful. We, we thought it would be fun to bring Zach on uh, to talk about the trade checker he came up with and why it could be so useful to you, what made him decide to make it, and how he thinks it might be developed in the future. How are you doing, Zach? I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. Um, so what got you into trade checkers? And maybe maybe you know, tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm Zach Rodriguez here at TradeMe.com. Um, I'm from San Antonio, Texas, where I've lived for about the past nine years. I was born and raised in South Texas in the Rio Grande Valley before moving here to attend the University of Texas at San Antonio, where I graduated a few years ago with a degree in computer science. I currently have a day job as a software developer for a finance company and operate my website, TradeMBA.com in the evenings. Very cool. Yeah, go
1: ahead. That that, that software background is probably super helpful putting this together. Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) So what is a trade checker, for those who don't know?
2: Sure. Uh, So Trade Checker is basically a site um, or tool that you can use to pick a few different teams, uh, usually between two and four teams, uh, select players from a roster from those teams, and then attempt to trade those players uh, from one team to another team. And so when you click on Trade, usually uh, it'll compare different things, usually based on the player's salary, the team's um, cap space, and salary information when the trade is executed, it'll tell you whether or not that trade is successful and can actually be executed in real life. So something maybe a GM might do. Uh, And then it's just useful to share that information with other people just to discuss possibilities of trade options that may occur between one team and other teams.
1: Very cool. So for me, you know, ESPNs is the most widely known uh, trade checker. They call theirs the trade machine. Right. And, and for me, it, it helped me kind of accidentally learn some of the basics of the CBA, the collective bargaining agreement. Um, and, you know, it's, it's useful. But, it, it, like, once I got, you know, a little bit more familiar with the CBA, I found out that there were a lot of things that I wanted to do with it that I couldn't. And it would frustrate me to no end. Like, for example, it's not exactly a miracle that everyone knows LeBron James doesn't doesn't go where he doesn't want to go because of his trade his ten year plus no trade clause. And if I'm on a trade machine, obviously I don't necessarily need the machine to not let me make the trade because of the fact that it technically can't be done. Because obviously, in that scenario, he would be agreeing to it if it were to happen at all. So. I've always been looking for trade checkers that have like additional features, and I have a whole bunch more that we can get into in a minute. Uh, Real GM, for example, has another one that will let you suspend some of those rules. And I've noticed that you've uh, made some changes to the initial, I guess you could say, deployment of TradeNBA, uh, trade MBA, trade checker, uh, so that way it kind of does a similar thing, and that it lets you know that you are breaking the rule if you continue, uh, but it, but it lets you. Uh, do it anyway, so that way not only do you just get like a you shall not pass, but a little bit of an explanation of why, which I really appreciate from both of these these trade checkers so far. Um, but my favorite thing about yours, which nobody else's that I'm aware of does, is that it includes a active list of other tradable assets in the form of um, draft picks. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about you know that and any other features that you could maybe let us know about.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, so I guess I can kind of start with the origins of the site. Is that fine? Sure, absolutely. All right. So basically, maybe about a year ago, uh, I was kind of reading through Pounding the Rock website, and I came upon an article that was basically a job posting for the Spurs. And so I was, you know, I love the Spurs. I'm from San Antonio, Texas. So I clicked on the article, um, went through the job interview process, and kind of one of the final stages of the process was um, them sending me an email, to create a trade machine a simple trade machine they gave me a week to do it um it really didn't have to have anything in it it could have dummy data and then just basically uh, based on one rule determine if the trade will pass or fail so i kind of created this trade machine before that i really didn't have any background on how trade machines worked or the trade machines that were out there um, but i created the machine that i had and it was simple just real basic um a few days later I got an email back saying that I wasn't gonna get pursued with the job opportunity. Um, and then from there I kind of shelved the idea mm-hmm. and then maybe a few days later I started looking into trade machines and what was available. saw the feedback from people talking about the current trade machines and what they were lacking and then I felt uh, that I can make something that had everything that the other ones didn't. And so initially I started off just trying to make something that was really. Uh, mobile friendly. So that worked well on mobile because that was something I noticed that the other two didn't have, or the other ones that are available didn't have. And so I was kind of going with that. Um, maybe right before playoff season, I had something ready that I could give out with that feature, but I just felt like it wasn't unique enough. So kind of went back, looked at feedback, saw a lot, a lot of people wanted draft picks in there. So I added draft picks, added a few different pi- features, and um, I really wanted to deploy it sometime during the playoff season since I had the rankings of the teams on the sites, their schedules. Um, but I felt like it just wasn't ready. So pretty much the day after the season ended, I uh, decided it was ready um, to put out there and announce on Reddit. That was kind of my launch strategy from the beginning is, you know, hopefully I make something and then post it on the NBA subreddit and people would like it, you know, and um, luckily enough that that worked out and got a good response from that.
1: Yeah, actually that's and uh, how I ended up coming across it in the first place. and. I, I've enjoyed watching watching it change um even in the short amount of time that I've been following it I've noticed uh, you know some of the, some of the things that I was talking with you in in our emails and such um, before your appearance here um, have made it on there I'm sure I'm not the only one suggesting some of these things but I'm really into the ability that you can kind of like. Take a team and toggle, toggle, you know, by position or by, you know, some basic stats, um, years left on the deal, which is incredibly important in my mind for trying to construct deals because, as you know, a lot of deals pass or fail based on whether or not they fit the development arc of a team or or whether, you know, a team's trying to get off money. You certainly don't want a guy with three years left on his deal if you're trying to, like, lower your cap it. So like all those features are are really really interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if there's anything else on there that you are working on that you haven't quite gotten, you know, live yet.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, so one of the main things that people requested right after I launched it was being able to trade restricted players. So I kind of restricted the players based on the other trade machines that I had and didn't allow them to be traded. So I got a lot of feedback on that and just opening up those restrictions and just having them overridable. So one of the the releases I made um, recently was making any players restriction overridable and still letting you trade them um, and then comparing their salaries and telling you whether or not it would be a valid trade with that restriction override. Uh, also, I made enhancements uh, to sharing trades. Uh, there's a trade gallery. You can see all the trades that people are sharing, which ones are getting the most views. Um, I've added Reddit feedback on them. And then also you can sort uh, different stats on the team. So you can sort uh, team players based on their salary, their per, the contract years, their experience, position. Um, what else do I have on there? A few different things. Uh, but in the future, I'd like to add their stats on the site. So that way you can sort by stats. And then also a league-wide uh, sorting. So like you had mentioned before, um, just being able to sort players in the whole league by these different options would be really useful. And then also just bringing conversation back to the site. So a lot of times people will share their trades on here and maybe take their conversation to other sites. And so I still want to encourage that to happen, but just show that on my site as well, which is what I tried to do recently with some of the integrations I've made.
1: Yeah, I thought that you might want to look into seeing as it's got this tie to Reddit, maybe the possibility of making communities for trade NBA and then have a link right to them that maybe, you know, making a trade with that team will toggle the option to share that on that Reddit community, like a specific trade NBA team-based and maybe league-based Reddit communities, so that way people can talk about them in context where everyone has the same kind of basic interests, though, as we know, they can diverge pretty far on a team-by-team basis even. But just just so that way all the right eyes are in the right place, I guess, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, that definitely makes sense, just kind of making it you know preferential to the team that the user likes and then kind of having them post specific things but creating like yeah like you're saying a subreddit or some way to kind of filter these trades and show them you know based on the people that want to see them is, is definitely a great idea i've had a lot of feedback over the past few days after i posted this. people reaching out talking about different features they like to add so i've tried responding to basically everybody saying either i'm working on a feature or i've just added it I'm um, also try to grow my social media presence lately and Just kind of reach out to to users that way and see what they want and see, you know, what value it brings to them and and continue adding things like that on the site.
1: Very cool. So now that we've got your baby kind of framed, what are you looking at the league? You know, you are, as you said, a San Antonio guy. We've been connected as a a Boston-based blog um, to you guys in a way that I'm sure you're not incredibly ecstatic about, but... Uh, I'm referring here to the, the – the. it's hard to not say rumors at this point because nobody really knows what's going on with Kawhi Leonard, but seeing your interests uh, and your fandom being San Antonio-based, what is your take on this whole Kawhi Leonard situation, and how do you think, if at all, Boston might have a role in it, just based on what you do?
2: Yeah, well, kind of sad about the Kawhi news coming out. You know, over the course of the whole season, you had, kind of had different news outlets reporting different things about Kawhi and how he feels, whether or not he wants to come back or, you know, just kind of just tension between him and the front office and just the team. So I didn't really believe it. You know, being from San Antonio, we're not very, you know, things like like big trades, stuff like that doesn't normally happen, or a lot of things the media may, may, may report may not be true. So it's just kind of stuff I brushed off, uh, but then with the news that came out a few days ago, it's... Definitely more real. And um, then you have the stuff coming out about Rudy Gay today that he's opting out of his player option. Uh, so that definitely hurts as well. <laughs> and so now it's kind of like uh, coming to the realization that maybe that Kawhi isn't coming back and then seeing what, what options we have for either trading Kawhi or, or keeping him and building assets around him is definitely going to be interesting over the next few days.
1: I think Rudy is trying to position himself for a bigger paycheck should Kawhi end up leaving the scene and maybe a bigger paycheck elsewhere. But I don't really think – I love Rudy Gay. He's a UConn guy, and I'm a UConn fan, uh, so I'm not going to say anything ill of him. But I don't think that his career is at the point where he's going to get much bigger than a mid-level exception, like a taxpayer mid-level exception at this point, which is about what he turned down. Almost exactly, if I'm not mistaken, so – I'm, I'm real curious to figure out what exactly is going on in there. Um, I am really nervous about the idea of taking on Kawhi Leonard uh, just because of the the really murky situation you described surrounding him as well as the nature of his injury, which is not a resolved thing as far as I'm aware. Um, have you heard anything in particular about that that makes you feel a little bit better or worse about the situation?
2: About the injury? And Sp- yeah. Recovery, yeah. I guess you'd say at this point. Haven't heard anything about the recovery. You know, Towards the end of the season, I, I kept my eyes on that Spurs Twitter. They kept coming out with the injury report. Every time it came out, I was hoping you know Kawhi wouldn't be on it, uh, but he was. And um, so, yeah, kind of when the season ended, still still don't know if that injury is resolved or if he'll be coming into next season still on the injury list. Um, so, you know, maybe, maybe getting a healthy player on the team may be beneficial. But yeah, I'm not sure where he's at with his injury right now.
1: Yeah, I don't think anybody is, but you know, there's still a lot of time left, and that that designated veteran player exception possibility is still out there until the first. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully one way or another, we get some resolution of where that's going because I kind of feel like that's holding half the league hostage at this point. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you want to talk on before we get out of here?
2: Um, I mean, just continuing with a quiet topic. If Boston did get him, what would you want? You know the team to, to have him surrounded with, or what pieces would you feel you'd be willing to give up for Kawhi?
1: Oh man, that's so hard. You know but the problem. The problem with trading for Kawhi is he's a wing, and Boston has a million of them. And the two guys who I think make the most sense um, on paper would either be a bad fit and good money. So Kyrie's money works almost perfectly for for trade, but if you trade him away, then you have yourself in a situation where you have no primary ball handlers left on the team uh, at a level you would expect to start with the players who are there. Someone is going to end up having to take a seat when tip-off happens, if not for very long. So, you know, you have that to deal with in terms of positionality, you have fit, you know, on paper, it sounds really interesting to see what all this switchability is going to end up playing out to be like. But when, when you don't have a ball handler, I mean, full court presses aren't really something you see in the NBA, but if you don't have a regular ball handler on the team, it wouldn't surprise me if teams, you know, start probing ways to disrupt Boston's ability to, to operate functionally with almost all wings and maybe one or two point cards. I'm sure they could snatch somebody up, you know, on, on the ring chasing, kind of a minimum contract type of a deal to help, you know, address that a bit. But there'd be some really big roster problems trading away Kyrie, you know, and I think, you, you know, that was a team he was interested in, in being traded to before he came to Boston, the San Antonio Spurs. So, I mean, there there's some elements there that I think can work out okay, but then you have Gordon Hayward on the other side who probably because of his age, would be the best wing that would generate enough cap space to make the deal happen. But then you need to take some other stuff on from San Antonio to make that work. And, you know, having a guy play for five minutes on your team that used to play for your coach in college, shipping him off is a really bad look. And right. you know, yeah. Maybe Danny Ainge isn't going to be here that long, so what he does to, to piss off free agents won't matter as much. You know, maybe he's within four or five, six years of retiring, or maybe not. You never know. It could be around for another decade or two. Um so there's no real easy answer on 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 my end, I think, because like if you eliminate those guys, then you know, you could maybe trade Al Horford, but then the money is even bigger. Uh I don't know. There, there's there's a lot of issues on who you could trade that, that kind of point to me, the unlikeliness of such a trade happening, but you know, from a San Antonio perspective, what do you think the, the team would most likely want in general and what would work best for the team from Boston? Oh, coming from Boston?
2: What assets yeah. would
1: you want? You know, Kyrie is definitely
2: kind of up there. I'm not sure on Kyrie's and, and Horton's health status coming into the year. Are they are they going to be healthy? or?
1: Well, they should be ready by camp. Um, but, I mean, we've had several incidences in in recent years where medical reports were more hopeful I guess is the word uh, in terms of when players are going to return for the initial injuries not the, not the the uh, the removal of the screw operations that both of them actually ended up having so we'll see but I kind of I kind of feel like they will at least be able to report to camp and practice even if they're not quite you know in shape so I think they will be able to play, but you might you might end up having them be kind of out of game shape by the time they show up for camp.
2: Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely from Boston. I would love to have Kyrie if, if we had to give up someone like Kawhi. Um, Hayward would also be great, of course. And so I, I know a few. There's been a few trades that I've seen come through the site um, that are ridiculous. Some that are really good. You know, if we had if we got a few great draft picks, you know, that could that could turn out well. Uh, for Kawhi and so I'm really hoping that Kawhi stays and um, at least through the year but then again if, if Kawhi does stay through the year you know you we, we don't get anything in return I guess next summer and so it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next few months and what we get in return for Kawhi if, if that if that does go through.
1: Yeah I, I really do want to see some kind of resolution even if it's the Lakers you know I mean I, on one hand I'm not a very big fan of the Lakers which is probably pretty obvious considering this is you know Celtics Celtics related blog, just to get it out of the way. I, you know, like if he could just re-sign with you, extend with you. I don't, I don't care what happens. I just, I just want to see this team come back. And you know, I mean, there, there's a lot to be said for for having stuff to to read about in the summer and the off season. But it seems just like the the season never really ends anymore. And right, I just want to, yeah. yeah, I just want to get ready for next season. Well, um, anything that you want to give a heads up to our listeners to keep an eye out for on the site or, you know, just anything in general you can think of?
2: Yeah, sure. So there'll continue to be updates on the site based on the feedback we've been getting. There's going to be more discussion uh, development that's going to be worked on on the site. So there'll be more content to kind of go through on the site as well as, you know, stick around and read through. Um, so I've been engaging a lot with the users. Definitely, if, if anybody has issues or enhancements they'd like to, to request, they can always go on the feedback part of the site or just reach out on Twitter, TradeMBA1. Um, that's my Twitter handle. They can reach out via that way. Uh, but yeah, just in general, definitely interested and in see what happens this summer. It's going to be pretty crazy.
1: Agreed. Well, thank you for coming on. And hopefully, we'll have you back on sometime soon. All right, great. Thank you for
2: having me. Take care, Zach. All right, you too. Bye.
0: Alright, so let's talk the NBA draft, which
1: is a couple days away. The recording, absolutely, is this Thursday, June 21st. I thought we could change this up because I don't know if you feel the same way, but it seems like every day we have five or ten new potential prospects who might be taken at 27th in the draft by Boston, unless, of course, who wouldn't expect this? Danny Ainge buying a pick in the second round, so it's not guaranteed. Unless, of course, he instead packages Terry Rosier or maybe Marcus Smart. Oh, wait, no. Packages Marcus Smart. But anyway, packages assets to move up in the draft somehow and selects a lottery pick. So because of the fact that There's all these potential contingencies. I thought it might be more useful to try to guess the general path rather than the specific player. What do you think about that? Okay. I'm into it. If we keep the pick number 27, which way do you think that we would go? Replacing Al Horford long-term with a big perhaps... Or maybe, you know, seeing as we have at least one guard who will likely not be with us in the coming season uh, at a significant minute level in terms of Terry Rosier or Marcus Smart, or depending what you believe, uh, Kyrie Irving. Do we go with a point guard um, or somebody kind of more like a wing? Uh, you know, I know Smart is, is often a ball handler, but in terms of defense, he is one of our primary wing defenders. And, you know, we seem to be in an era of Boston Celtics kind of having fallen in love with wings do we keep going with that I mean what do you what do you think the strategy here would be if we pick a 27
0: I don't think there are enough bigs on the board to make take at least around that point in the draft barring any kind of surprises I don't think there are enough bigs on the board so I I don't think that we go that direction I think honestly and we have a ton of wings I think generally we'd be looking at some kind of guard whether it's a point guard or a two guard so i i, I would guess you know we keep seeing links to Grayson allen which hurts me inside <laughs> yeah, me but,
1: too i don't want um, ted cruz
0: i you know it's not the i think that fits kind of the needs of the celtics right now i obviously a, a replacement for Al for the future would be great but i just don't see any talent at you know around the four or five that would that would be worth picking and then you know locking him into a guaranteed first round deal so i i would guess that if we go that direction we take a a one guard or a two guard
1: anybody off the top locking. of your head that you like i you know i
0: i don't like Grace allen but i think that that would be a very good pick uh the kid from villanova i can never remember his name the crazy the guy who should be italian or probably is italian oh dante
1: Vincenzo. yeah
0: yeah i i like i like him um, you know, I I think that that's kind of the direction that we go if we keep that pick with one of those two, unless they get picked earlier. But I think that's just what we're kind of looking at.
1: I kind of think that uh, SMU Shake Milton is another interesting potential option. He's he's a little bit lower in the mocks, but. I've I've seen a fair amount of his games uh over in the American Athletic Conference when he's played Yukon over the years and he really has that kind of like gritty defensive Marcus Smartish kind of like he's got some size too, he's six foot six.
0: Yeah. Well yeah, he and Semi are like kind of a very similar player, same alma mater. I that wouldn't that wouldn't surprise me, I guess. I, I he is quite a bit lower from what I remember from the draft board. He is. He's so, in the the forties usually. You know, but those those are always yeah, those are always, especially when you get past like the lottery, it kind of becomes a toss up of where they're going to drop guys, you know, the the mock boards. So, I yeah, I, I think Villanova kid or, or Grace Nallon, honestly, which is, again, not my favorite, but I think it would fit well. And, you know, I mean, it's the thing. The thing is like, you know, you have he I think of Grace Nallon as kind of like a J.J. Redick player, like just despised kind of a just total jerk in college maybe he'll mature yeah duke obviously the, the main connection there but you know it's maybe they mature and become you know a serious serious role player because there's a reason why jj still playing and still like you know he's he's coveted by teams across the the league because he's a good player he's a very consistent sharpshooter he knows his role and he does it. yeah well. i like the
1: comparison i think that's actually a really good one i don't ever think he'll be a star he probably won't ever make an all-star team but you know, he could shoot the lights out, and he can defend, and that, that's a pretty, you know, maybe not the defense part so much for for Redick anymore, but, you know, he, he was a good defender and can be in moments, and, you know, he's still shooting lights out, so, yeah, I, I'm into it. Another thing that could end up happening is the whole draft and stash thing that I've been seeing by picking a European player. Uh, now, I don't, I've seen. I've been seeing some connections with Brad Wanamaker. He was connected to us, I think, last year also. Uh, he was at a pit. He's a little old, I think, to be drafted, so I don't think that there's any chance uh, for those of you who think that he could be like a draft and stash kind of a player. He's already over there. He's already stashed. So I don't, I don't think he's going to be uh, someone that would be used. But I have seen Lee Okobo of the French League, who's – you know he's not a bad shooter, thirty eight percent and four point four assists per game. He's averaging in the French league, which is one of the better leagues in the world. Um, I can't really think of anybody else out there off the top of my head, but you know maybe one of the one of the um, better guys that we were looking at overseas this uh, right before the playoffs. Maybe somebody's young enough over there that could be of interest. Any, anybody you could think of off the top of your head that might fit that kind of a role?
0: Well, I actually just saw. A Kobo play in like a u19 game i believe and he actually looked it was it was really fun or a u20 league i think it was actually i i don't usually see those but it was really fun to to watch and then especially once i started kind of looking around i was like are we interested in these players and i found kind of that link and just the fact that he's he's projected first round and I thought it was fun and I started watching him and it was just kind of fun to see that. Because I don't I don't generally do a lot of like casual scouting. But again, that fits kind of like the one two guy that we need. Or I guess, yeah, you know, the, the biggest need that we have would be at a one-two, yeah. So, you know, it's he's a fun player. It seemed like he had a really good court vision. He is a pretty good scorer. He he was able to to drive and cut pretty well. And for a guy who's six two for a guard like that, it was it was fun to to watch. I, I was I honestly I like that idea a lot, and we've seen Danny's been a big fan of the draft and stash as of late with uh, Tice and and Yabusele. So, yeah, you know, it wouldn't completely shock me if if we do that route and and take him. I would actually be really pleased with that pick
1: so the other things that have been discussed um, and I think this this could happen uh, by you know trading trading the draft pick this year for a future draft pick just to help you know keep the cap uh, you know I, I don't necessarily think this is very likely because you know we are we do have to be very careful with how we spend the cap going forward with so many players uh, looking to be paid soon but I don't necessarily think that uh, you know, a 27th pick is, is going to be a, a significant issue. But, you know, maybe maybe they trade it for two years from now, seeing as we have four draft picks coming in next year that we would have to worry about potentially as many as. Um, um, you think there's any chance that, that something like that happens?
0: Not trading it for a future. I mean, no. No, I don't think it's valuable enough to go into the future. I, I was looking at the the treasure chest of draft picks that we have remaining what what still sticks around which is now like just like a little it's i, I wouldn't call it a treasure chest anymore a treasure like the the celtics the celtics beat writers call it that and it's fun to refer but now yeah i need to think of a new comparison for what it is now but i was looking at it and like after 2021 i think we're completely out we're just back to our own picks i'm not sure if danny is ready to start kind of restocking that and i don't know if a 27th pick is is good enough to restock that for past 2021 so i don't think we're there yet i think it's more likely that if we do trade the pick that we're trying to move up but uh, that's just kind of my own perspective on that i maybe i'm wrong but I, i don't see him trading it really likely. Owned. I think
1: if it does go anywhere it would be somebody who has been really irresponsible with the draft picks. <laughs> and uh you know,
0: <laughs> they haven't been irresponsible
1: since the new ownership. No, it's totally fair, but it would be, you know, really beneficial for them to be able to take a guy in the first round this year and maybe sacrifice a pick that would probably be in the teens the year after or the year after that. So I could see something like that maybe shaking out, but I I don't expect it.
0: In No, in Brooklyn's war room, there is probably a picture of Danny Ainge smiling and it says, do not talk to him. And I I, like, I I believe strongly that they will never, ever take a call. He's in their contacts says do not answer, you know, and whatever, (laughs) whatever he calls like, nope, nope, nope. Can't talk to him. He's like an ex-girlfriend who like really ruined their life. So no, Brooklyn, Brooklyn's not talking to Boston for the next probably 10 years. I would guess.
1: So the the other, you know, we've kind of discussed the the whole Kawhi thing and whether or not there'll be a draft. I, I don't think there'll be a draft. night trade for him or probably anybody else. I mean, it could happen. Um, if you feel differently, feel free to jump in and tackle me on that. Uh, but the the biggest thing I think worth discussing for a potential draft strategy is trading up. And we've talked about this a little bit, you know, individually uh, with other people on podcasts. But what do you what are your thoughts on maybe moving up for a guy like Bamba or Wendell Carter or, you know, somebody maybe slipping, not necessarily up to those like high lottery picks, you know, four, five, six, whatever, but maybe maybe kind of something more along the lines of still in the lottery, but the late lottery. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? I
0: don't like it. You know, I, I think I'm content with who will probably take late first round. Danny's done a good job of finding talent, late, in the in the first round, early second round, maybe yeah. definitely. Uh, you know, you got Yabusele and Tice, yeah. You know, you you got those guys who are there. If you want to go back to Rogier at sixteen, you know, I I think I think I'm gonna trust who he takes, if he keeps the pick, and I wouldn't be really upset with with you know going late. I also don't I don't love the people that we'd probably get by trading up and what we'd have to give up to get them. You know, I understand there's some interest in maybe trading Rozier just we don't have to deal with the extension and then just kind of going back to a a rookie contract for the next four years I, I can see the value but I just I'm not interested enough in anybody that I think it's worth it when you know we could be contending with Rozier at the backup one rather than putting a rookie there and hoping that he's able to kind of take on that role because we don't have many guards to back up Kyrie right now you know we got Terry but i don't think we're gonna hold on to larkin and smart you know he'll be on the you know he sometimes like you said takes the one but i, I just don't think that there's enough i think we should stick with what we have that's kind of promised right now that we know exists that we can count on in rosier and smart as you know viable backups for Kyrie and for you know the, the two and stuff like that so I don't think it's worth trading up for a rookie and then also ditching the assets that we have already.
1: I would not argue with that whatsoever. I think it is, you know, definitely a possibility, but I I would be surprised if it happens.
0: But to go back to your point about trading for a star, and you and I did talk about this, I wouldn't be completely upset if we did trade for Kawhi without Kyrie in the deal. Trade other stuff with picks. I'd be fine with that, including our first round this year. But I would assume that it would be More likely, you know, the Lakers pick next year, or the Sacramento pick, I should say. And, you know, maybe Clippers or or something like that. Like one of those two picks. And there is a
1: possibility, there is a possibility, Danger Cart was talking about this on Twitter too, that with some careful cap maneuvering, you could assemble... A, a trade deal with San Antonio for mostly younger players and picks without including a member of the J-team. It would just require a little bit of waiting and some trust in the good faith of the organization should they want such a deal, more centered around remaining draft picks like the Clippers pick that may never come in the first place, the very potentially one of the better assets in the league, depending on what ends up happening, the one and done, which we can talk about in a second, Uh, the Memphis pick might end up becoming clear and free of restrictions at just the moment we see one of the most stacked draft classes in history. Um, So, I don't know, maybe that's a good spot to segue over to that. So, have you heard about this? Uh,
0: You mentioned it. You were kind of talking about... Yeah, so what this is for the listeners
1: is the league released an internal memo that got into the press, basically, about... How they think there is a change for one and done coming and getting rid of it uh, very soon, possibly as soon as 2021 season, the draft of that season being the earliest. And if that ends up happening, then you are going to see a lot of people reclassifying so that way they can fit into that draft. And that basically means you're going to get the top level talent of two seasons in one draft, followed by a pretty mundane draft. And if it is that season, Boston will have Memphis's pick at a time when they don't look to be incredibly great. You know, they will probably be a lottery team or close to it based on their current roster construction age and trajectory. So that could be a super, super valuable pick for, for a potential deal in the future as well. I mean, obviously, it's a little soon to really know if it's going to change and therefore be valuable. And it could also convey before then, depending on how Memphis ends up placing the next couple of seasons. But really fascinating thing to think about.
0: Yeah, no. That that I, I generally haven't looked that far ahead. You know, it's um, I I see the value in the picks and I understand like where they'll probably fall and I like that. But I I just I'm so bad at tracking future prospects that I just I never am able to look past like the next year's draft. So I haven't really considered yeah. that yet. If they're not playing UConn, I have no idea exactly. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I I should do that. That's probably the next step in my evolution as a basketball fan and as a basketball reporter for Celtics life and stuff. But I'm just not there yet. I'll get there. You'll see. Kyrie, did you hear his track? I haven't listened to it yet.
1: Actually, I was waiting to just like shutter and hit, hit close on the webpage and it's kind of good. Interesting.
0: I saw a notification for it and I was kind of, uh, I wasn't sure how to feel about it as a concept. I didn't listen to it because I figured it was going to be bad, but is it, is Same. it worth, do you, do you suggest taking a listen?
1: Well, for those who don't know, it is uh, a little retro. It's in what's called the New Jack Swing style of rhythm and blues. It was very popular in the late 90s, which I guess is when Uncle Drew was in his heyday, uh, now that he's an old man. And frankly speaking, you know, I mean, if you like Bellevue DeVoe, uh, New Edition, uh, that kind of stuff you know, Bell Biv DeVoe being a Boston-based band, uh, then you'll probably like New Jack Swing. New Jack Swing was very popular in the Northeastern Corridor in particular. It's a very East Coast kind of a style. Um, And, you know, even now, you know, this could just be me being, you know, 20 years old when that stuff came out. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. You know, I mean, I'm kind of biased in the uh, antiquity of my taste, but, you know, I liked it.
0: I'll have to check it out, but I, I still... I wasn't sure how to feel about it, and decided not to. I think I was also driving when I saw it, and I was just like, "Eh." I've got good music playing now. I don't want to be like driving windows down, and just have suddenly just an awful, awful song. But yeah, so I decided to ignore it. But uh, Detroit has Dwayne Casey as a new head coach. Toronto has moved their assistant coach Nick Nurse to head coach. How does this affect us in the Eastern Conference? Is Detroit better? Is Toronto better or worse?
1: I think that Detroit really needs someone at the helm to activate the talent that is on the roster when it's not hurt. I think they don't have that bad of a roster. I mean, I don't think that they are much better than maybe like the seventh or sixth seed in the East, even with the East being as weak as it has been. But I do expect that he should be able to help them, at least on a culture level. I don't know that that roster in and of itself is going to get too far as currently constructed. We'll see what happens in the offseason. They they no longer have Stan Van Gundy running either the coaching or front office anymore, so we might see some smarter moves. We might not. I have no idea. Uh, But Nick Nurse is a very interesting move, in my opinion. I always thought that it was Casey who you know, made those, those moves. And it's coming out now that Nick nurse was really one of the people who was pushing for Toronto to change their system. And Dwayne Casey kind of just got all the credit for it. So I understand why they elevated him. I'm really curious to see, you know, if maybe some of the boneheaded responses we saw, uh, particularly against the Cavs in the postseason, if that ends up changing because he's at the helm.
0: I I like, I like both both moves, to be honest. I think they're good. I like, uh, I think that, casey will fit well with detroit i think that he could maybe like you said kind of unlock the talent that they've got and you know do more with it and you know they've got they got blake griffin they've got some good players on that team you know i always forget that blake is there because it was just kind of like it became did they miss the playoffs they didn't make the playoffs right
1: Detroit, no i believe they missed the playoffs
0: is that the first time blake griffin has missed the playoffs in his career i think it is yeah so you know i just i forgot that he was there but they're they actually not as bad as i think we give him credit for so Detroit, I honestly, I would be surprised if they're not in the playoffs next year, and in probably like a top six seed, maybe. I feel like that's about their ceiling. I'll, I'll have some, I'll have some hot takes in in the you know the heat of the off season, but right now I'm not there yet. And then the Toronto, I think they get worse. You know, it's it's a first time coach. I don't think that any team you know does really well. And it seems like like I said earlier, they're considering nobody untouchable for a top 10 pick so i wouldn't be surprised if they try and blow it up soon so i i'm not as high on toronto they're definitely going to fall off from last year i think i don't think they they keep a number 1 seed it really depends on how those
1: young pieces develop because they you know their, their depth really helped them but some of their their, their... You know, marquee players like Kyle Lowry, for example, they're, they're getting older. And if the, the young guys aren't picking up the slack, then, yeah, I, I tend to agree. that I don't think the coaching is necessarily going to be too different, particularly if it's true what I hear about him being the, the main impetus behind last season change. But, I, I yeah, unless, unless that talent really takes a good step forward, I think they're going to take at least a small step back next season.
0: Yeah, no, I, I still think they're a playoff team. Because they've got some seriously talented players all around a very well-constructed roster. But, you know, it's it's. I just think that they fall off a little bit. So, cool. Anything else you want to hit on before we take off?
1: Uh, Just real quick, there is a new practice facility, the Red Auerbach Center. Uh, and it is massive. It is immensely, amazingly equipped. I mean, they have two full-sized NBA basketball courts. They have all kinds of pools and recovery facilities, a float tank, like top of the line medical equipment, all kinds of you know I mean you can you can get a shave from your barber while you're at the practice facility. They've got a dedicated video room. I mean I could keep going on and on and on and on. Uh, it's it's really impressive. You can you can find
0: all over Are we allowed to go? Can we let like, go and, and play there? Can we play some pickup
1: basketball? I don't know. Who do you know? Got got, got any connections?
0: <laughs> not 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 that not that kind of connection no yeah i mean can, you you mentioned it you like the way you're talking about it It sounds like you're like oh you should totally check this place out it's sweet
1: well you should i mean and i feel like online uh, we'll we'll have something on celtics life about uh, it very soon
0: <laughs> sounds good uh anything you're working on for for the site uh well evidently this i uh i'm really excited i i initially i was putting together a world cup piece and i still i'm still going to put it together of like who you should root for in the world cup based on who your favorite player is. Oh, i like and it. And i realized i still i'm going to make it but i realized like there are 32 teams in the world cup and only, you know, 15 debatably 16 players if you want to include the the two-way deals. So, i uh i decided i'll wait until the second round basically, once we're through the group phase and we're down to 16 teams, and then i'm going to put that together of who you should root for in the second round of the world cup bring some hype there you know if you have any thoughts i'm thinking gordon hayward and this one was my favorite gordon hayward is brazil because they're like bouncing back from a really tough year and after having gotten obliterated by germany last world cup and they need you know they're really talented they're one of the best teams they're going to make this team a contender and brazil is as well but no they're bouncing back stuff like that i like that one that one's good tice is germany obviously
1: is is australia in the world cup
0: they are. I'm not sure if they're gonna make the second round, but yes, they are. Yeah. That kind
1: of. That, that, I mean, don't be mad at me, Aaron Baines, because that's obviously you. But if they weren't, or if they get eliminated, then he can be Mexico because when he lands, there's an earthquake.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was how you You were in Mexico. What? How was the vibe there? Now we're just completely off on soccer. But what was? Yeah, let's talk about that. Um. It, well, <laughs> Mexico beat Germany in the first game of their group. And you were in Mexico City where there was a mini earthquake, right?
1: Yep. People freaked out and jumped up and down so much. It actually registered on the seismographs. And I mean, you know, you could definitely hear the goal pretty much everywhere. You could basically trip out your front door and see at least three or four screens that it was be- being played on in your neighborhood. You know, it's a big deal here. It's kind of like the NBA finals on steroids, I guess, or the Super Bowl on steroids, even in terms of. Like local viewership. Um, it's definitely been interesting, and you know, if I if I could just have like a smaller field and a smaller goal. Wait a minute, I just want basketball. Never mind.
0: (laughs) Well, you can find that story in the future once the group phase ends, and also the red hourback stuff on Celticslife.com. And you can also find all of our merch and stuff with reviewed Friday shirts and hoodies and all of that joy up on the top part of the Selfish Like website.
1: You can even find the pod, me, the pod on Block Talk Radio, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and most Podcatcher apps. Please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, please give us five stars. If you don't like something, don't give us three stars or four stars or two. One star. Let us know how to fix it. And we'll do our best. If you can do that, on any Celtics Life article in the comments section or on Twitter with a hashtag CLPOD. We're always trying to bring you the Celtics coverage the way you want it, the way you like it.